Okay, so uh, I found this video of um, Elon Musk. He's like an up-and-coming tech designer in the US. <laughs> and uh, he's talking about God and religion. Um, it's a good video from Elon Musk's Zone. So shout out to them. We're going to watch it for a few minutes and then discuss what we've seen after that. Have a look. What do you worship? Well, I don't really worship anything, but I, I do devote myself to the advancement of humanity uh, using technology. Do you pray? I don't. I didn't even pray when I when I almost died of malaria. Wow, that's really not praying. Right. So you put your money where your bug spray was. Yeah. Do you have a spiritual life? Uh, well, it sort of depends on what spiritual means. Um, so what do you think spiritual means? I mean, there's certainly uh, things that we, we don't understand about the universe. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm less convinced that there's, say, um, some some super consciousness watching over our every movement and kind of evaluating it against some criteria, you know, and deciding whether we're going to go to one place or another when we die. Mm -hmm. I think that's unlikely. Right. I, I think that's very unlikely, too. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and it does beg the question, if there is some super consciousness, or consciousness where did the super consciousness come from? Um. Okay, so a few things said there. Um, he was asked, does he pray? He said no. He was asked, um, you know, are you spiritual? And he said, uh, depends what you mean by spiritual. And then he started talking about there are lots of things that we don't know about in the universe. And then he was asked, you know, do we have a super consciousness that's watching over us? He said, no, I think that's very unlikely. And uh, where did that super consciousness come from? I want to quickly start with a note on, I don't understand, this is a common trend I think I see in, in the West generally, which is when they kind of redefine spiritual to mean anything other than spiritual. Mm. So the whole idea of spiritual is spirit, right? Spirit yeah. is an unseen force, which a life force which animates us mm. and traditionally believed to live past death. Mm. And yet people who are arch materialists, people who believe that we are just our physical biology that we are going to you know die and that everything is accidental etc that there's no there's nothing inherent in us which is deeper uh there's no god they also try and claim a spiritual life just be honest like you don't believe in spirituality yeah you know meditation is not spirituality you know if you just turn your mind off that can't you can't just say if you don't believe in a soul you don't believe in a spirit it's not mm. spiritual that kind of grates against me anything that that either of you guys wanted to to, to comment on in what we've seen so far Going to music festivals also they call spiritual. <laughs> Any experience, walking in nature, anything can be a spiritual experience, can't yeah. it nowadays? Yeah, yeah. Um, except, you know, actually praying. Do, That's still praying. weird. That's still strange. <laughs> do you yeah, pray? No. <laughs> I found it interesting the very first question that was asked, what do you worship? And I think that's also an indication that we all inherently have a drive to worship something. Mm. And even if people don't worship God, they worship something, whether it's money. Most of the time, it's other people like celebrities. Mm. I watched The Voice once mm. and there was, this, <laughs> there was this one contestant who basically had pictures of Jesse J on his wall, had an alarm clock that woke up and it was Jesse J. You like, don't have, you don't have, I <laughs> have that. That was so normal in our house. It was like, you know, it was like, last more... time I'm going on the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's the definition of worship really, isn't it? It's mm. like set up an almost a, a shrine or something, you yeah. know, to, yeah. to do these things. And I think a lot of people do have that. They have people that they worship. And I think that comes from an instinctive need to worship. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to get it right as to who we're actually worshiping. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Quran kind of, you know, um, it kind of defines worship in the first chapter. The alone do we, do we worship, but the alone do we, uh, the alone do we implore for help. So that more defines actually who is our God. 
actually that that's talking about who who is our god who what do we try and work towards what do we ask for help you know those are the kind of qualities and he he immediately answers that by saying i work towards the advancement of humanity so he's kind of set up his religion yeah. as being mm-hmm. the advancement of humanity of as course he that's, sees it that's a directionless meaningless phrase mm-hmm. advancement of humanity is I mean, I'm not one to go to Hitler metaphors immediately, <laughs> but it's it's expedient in this case. Hitler thought he was advancing mm. the cause of mankind by eradicating the what he saw yeah. as the lesser human beings. Yeah. The Untermenschen, mm. I think is the correct uh, phrase. So it's largely hollow, a mm. statement like that, the advancement of humanity. I mean, a- every villain who's ever existed in any comic book mm. have all been devoted yeah, assiduously mm. devoted to the advancement of mankind. I mean, Thanos famously <clears throat> was trying to yeah. uh, advance the universe, universe population uh, by halving them instead yeah. of doubling the food supply. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a plot fall there. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, absolutely right. So this is an advancement of, huma- of humanity doesn't give you any kind of direction of how to advance humanity. How should we, how should humanity live? Well, it's actually a description of what one hopes one will be conceived of after one's own death. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hope that one's desires mm-hmm. and what one finds interesting will be counted as one's legacy as a, as a move in advancing humanity. Mm. Um, but in actual fact, it's just a, an expression of uh, how one wishes to be seen. Mm. It's not an expression of a reality. And it's a purpose which he's kind of designed for himself yeah. on the basis of his, of his background, atheism. And I guess everyone has to kind of create that that purpose. And also, I'm not talking about him specifically, but a lot of people who say they want to advance humanity hmm. really want to make money themselves. And actually what they're <laughs> worshipping is money. You hmm. think, you know, would he do hmm. all of these things to advance humanity if he couldn't get super rich off them? Maybe he wouldn't. Yeah. So maybe actually what he's worshipping is materialism and money. And success. And success. We're yeah. going to have a lot of Elon Musk fans commenting negatively <laughs> on this video, I just realised. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't mean that specifically about him. Maybe he's completely set up to advance humanity. Maybe that's his only goal, but I think And he may, may well be sincere, but yeah. Yeah, but other people perhaps... And there's nothing wrong with making money while you do no, that. No, there's not, but, there's not. But, but, but I think your point is that what's the true purpose is sometimes yeah. obscure from an individual themselves as well. Mm. Yeah. Um... He then went on to speak about um, the superconsciousness. So he says, you know, is this, uh, they're trying to be polite. You know, I think the idea that there's a superconsciousness watching over us is unlikely. And then Musk then says, and it begs the question, where did the superconsciousness come from? Mm. So what do you guys make of that? You go. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's no different to coming across a watch on the floor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you come across a watch on the floor, you don't need to have to explain where the watch came from. Mm. who dropped it, how they dropped it, where they live, and what the make of the watch was yeah. to be able to recognize that that's a watch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those are all extraneous questions. The first question is, is there a watch on the floor? Yeah. Is there something that's complex and designed? Yeah. Which is the universe. Mm-hmm. Do I have to explain who owned the watch or who made the watch? No. Mm-hmm. They're completely separate questions. Yeah. Um, if you had to ask the question, where did the watchmaker come from? Where did God come from? Yeah. Well, that just gets into the Kalam cosmological argument, which is definitely favors the believer, just definitely favors the one who believes in God. Yeah. Because, you know, as we know, you necessarily uh, require through a chain of causality um, uh, an uncaused cause. Mm. You can't get a chain of causality. Which we have. Which we have without an uncaused cause, because otherwise you'd have an infinite regress and an infinite regress can never be traversed. So, simple. 
right? So what you're saying there is that God is an eternal being as part of his makeup, and there has to be an eternal being. So God is that eternal being that is required for everything else to exist. Yeah, so if you have a chain of cause and effect, going back to the Big Bang, which we have, and then we posit that there are other chains and causes and effects prior to the Big Bang, which led to the Big Bang, Hmm. uh, if you just have chain of cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect forever... Going backwards. Going backwards in time, because you cannot... You cannot traverse, you cannot complete an infinite series of events, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you would never be able to get from the beginning mm-hmm. of that chain of cause and effect because there would be no beginning of that chain of cause and effect because mm-hmm. it's infinite in the into the past. Mm. You'd never be able to get from that point to the present moment, to the present moment of cause and effect. Yeah. So it necessitates uh, that there is an uncaused cause. Mm. So the question, you know, where did the superconsciousness come from is is completely meaningless because you're asking who caused the uncaused cause to begin. Well, yeah. by definition, the uncaused cause didn't have a beginning. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is they're anthropomorphizing God, which is what atheists do in pretty much a lot of their arguments. Mm. They apply the categ- they make category errors with respect to God. They apply the attributes of the universal creation to God and then argue against God as if actually they're arguing against the existence of the universe. Okay. You know, in terms of the same attributes. So, you know, God is by definition an uncaused cause. The universe by definition is a cause, is, a, is an effect of a cause. Okay. So if you have a, a chain of dominoes which have fallen over, you need a finger to have set it off. Well, you need right? the first domino at the very least. You need the first domino and you need something to have, to have, to have you need that first one to have fallen. Yeah. Right? So his, his, question, is, his, question, his question is uh, evidence. His question is an invalid question. Yeah. Because uh, he's... He's making a category error with respect to the superconsciousness as he refers to it. Yeah. I think also the fact that the universe is so well fine-tuned and the design and complexity is so beautiful, actually, that begs the question as to how did that mm. come to be? Yeah, That's actually the real question. And there's something that you say quite a lot to me, which is when you look at a painting, which is really beautiful, mm. we always think, well, who is it that actually painted it? You know, mm. we think about we think about that, but like the when painting we, of a landscape or something. The landscape, but when we look at the landscape itself, these atheists say, "Oh, it just came about by blind chance." Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a bit contradictory, and I think that's that's the real question that he omits. He goes straight to the who created God, whereas yeah. he should have thought about who created the universe. Very good point, and you know he's invoking the awe of the universe mm. in this video, and then the, and the video creator of this is he's using as so many of these kind of inspira- atheist inspiration videos do. Of, of these amazing structures in the universe and they're using that to bolster their claim that they came from accidental byproducts of nothingness and you know there's no explanation so, so if you played a little bit more i think yeah that he he elaborates on his views on the fine tuning issue which i think is very important yeah, let's go for it so i think the most likely explanation is uh that uh complexity evolved from simplicity you know that the simple elements over time combined to become more complex and yeah. arrived at what we are Mm-hmm. Um, that's worth enough. stopping there mm-hmm. because that gets to exactly what you've just said about the fine tuning the problem with that is is that the universe is exquisitely fine tuned at the moment of its inception in the big bang mm-hmm. you know it's in a very low entropy state the uh expansion of the universe for example the um well the, the laws of nature the laws of nature and are exquisitely the fine tuning of, of the of the constants of those laws of nature yeah there's a very low tolerance if you change them even slightly you have a universe where gravity is too strong, gravity is too weak, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
you won't form the kind of universe that we have that is stable, that persists, and that leads to the formation of galaxies, solar systems, and uh, terrestrial land that can actually harbor chemistry and biology comes from that chemistry. You just have, say, let's say, helium and hydrogen for a while, and then it would uh, stop existing. Or a good example is I've just been listening to the book by um, called Just Six Numbers mm-hmm. by uh, who's that author? Martin Rees. Martin Rees. Yeah, he re- he reads it as well. It's a really good audiobook to listen to, and he's an atheist. So look, I don't want to you know put words in his mouth, but yeah. he's the one who wrote writes this fantastic book about the fine tuning of the universe. And mm-hmm. for example, he he talks about how um the forces of the cosmological constant for example which determines the uh it's a kind of an anti-gravity it's a potentially an anti-gravity force that has, has enables the expansion of the universe yeah. and how it's balanced against gravity and how that balance is fundamentally important because if the cosmological constant was 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 much stronger than it is then it would mean that uh, gravity would never have been able to coalesce matter into the sun into planets and therefore you'd never even get a possible chance at life because matter would be spread so thinly because of the speed of expansion. And then if, if, if the gravity was too strong in comparison to the cosmological constant, you'd have had expansion and immediate collapse, and so you'd never get expansion of the universe. Right. And he compares it beautifully to sitting at the bottom of a well and throwing a stone from the bottom of the well um, so that it just reaches the tip of the well and then falls back <laughs> down. In other words, it opposes gravity to the perfect amount That's and a brilliant falls, metaphor. falls back down. Uh, he gives loads of these examples. For example, the 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 strong nuclear force. You know, mm. the 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 attraction between the repulsion between two protons, for example, and what that means for the how quickly hydrogen was burned in the universe or is burning in the universe, mm. and that if it was too weak, hydrogen would all. If it was of one particular type, I can't remember the exact details, but if it was along one particular track, yeah. you know, hydrogen would have all been burnt out into helium, and therefore you'd no ha- have no. Uh, uh, hydrogen left in the universe and you shouldn't have no active suns etc yeah um but if it was uh, of uh, on the other extreme it would be such that highly hydrogen would never burn through properly to helium and so you'd never get higher elements yeah yeah so then you just have a, a uh, an empty universe filled with suns but no planets and no chemistry mm. so so what you're saying is Elon musk is saying that complexity came from simplicity but what you're saying is actually those complex laws were already in operation even at the beginning yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. so the complexity is embedded. Mm. Um, yeah, but even the, even the question of, I mean, natural laws. I mean, what do you make of the term? I love this topic. This is mm. one of my favorite topics to discuss with atheists. Mm. And what do you make of the term natural laws? If you ask an atheist, well, mm. you know, where did this come from? They say it's operated by the laws of nature. Yeah. You know, what would you, how would you, what would you say to that? Because that's kind of what he's saying, that these are na- natural processes. Yeah. operating under natural law so he's saying com- simplicity complexity presumably under some naturalistic law like process argument, of course yeah simplicity comes from complexity comes from simplicity because the laws of nature operate yeah. yeah 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 so they're evoking laws of nature as being that uncaused cause and i guess they're saying he you know that in reality those laws of nature also need a lawgiver there needs yeah. to be somebody that actually put those laws of nature into operation yeah I mean, that, that's absolutely right. A law, the, the idea of a law of nature is a metaphor. It's a metaphor that was applied uh, from the human realm. I mean, we have laws. We have laws mm-hmm. which are passed, which are written by a government and then enforced. And if you have a very civilized society, they are following their laws to a high degree of fidelity, right? But there'll still be some criminals because some people will still disobey the laws. When you have a universe which is following the laws perfectly, 
And these laws are what we infer from the mathematical, you know, we can describe the behavior of the most fundamental particles in certain mathematical ways. So there are these laws, there are these, there are these written codes of how the citizens of the universe, the atoms and their subatomic particles are supposed to behave. And they are behaving in them in a perfect manner throughout time and separated by, you know, eons of, or, or you know, by you know, light years in space. They all behave in the same way according to the same laws. Now, what that should tell us is that, yes, there is a lawgiver, and also that these laws are enforced to the highest degree, that there is not a single criminal amongst them, right? <laughs> mm. uh, and how does that make sense, except outside of a theistic um, framework? A theistic framework is the only way you can understand that there is actually a mind who has created these laws and also enforces it through a universal government, you know, to a much greater degree than, than we can in human societies. But atheists always invoke these laws of nature as if it's on their side. It's like, no, the whole metaphor doesn't even work <laughs> unless you include God. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a, a another subtle point here, which is that, which you've both touched on, which is that a law of nature is a description of the operation of, is a, a law of nature is a term we use to describe the behavior of, of particles. Yeah. In effect. Um, and... We derive the laws of nature from the observation of particles or the mathematical constructs that we derive yeah. from the observations of particles. Yeah. Okay, so we're effectively describing behavior mm -hmm. and calling it a law. Mm -hmm. But then, when you ask somebody, "Well, why is it behaving in that way?" they say, "Oh, it's following the law of nature." Mm -hmm. And the question is, "Well, which is it?" <laughs> if you say, "Well, why is the proton repelling the electron?" Yeah. Say it's because of the law of nature. Okay, okay, okay. The law of nature. Right. Okay. But I thought that the law of nature we derive from looking at it like that. Yeah. Yes, that's true as well. Okay. So then why is it behaving like that? Hmm. How could the law of nature be describing the behavior, but also the law of nature is determining the behavior? So is it just descriptive or is it prescriptive? Yeah. So is it saying you have to be like this or is it saying it just is like this? All we're doing is we're describing a behavior. We're not explaining. These laws of nature don't explain why things behave in that particular way. Oh, I see what you mean. They, ca okay. they cannot. So all science can do is, is is provide that description. Yeah, it cannot say, but it doesn't solve the mystery. Of it doesn't why solve it the mystery of why it's behaving in that way. There's no power. The, yeah. the mathematical equation has no power to actually enforce. It's itself. just a description, mm. and so it's completely. Uh, it has zero explanatory power. Yeah, yeah. Zero explanatory power as to power why they're being followed. As to why it is behaving like that. Right, right, right. There's no explanatory power there, so they're taking a, a, a description and attributing to it causal ability. Yeah, yeah. And this is beautifully summed up in the Quran in this wonderful, amazing verse, mm. which people just walk on by, mm. right? There's this verse in the Quran which says, describes the disbelievers, and it says, you know, non-believers, they say, it says, and if they would see the sky falling down upon them, <laughs> they would simply say, clouds piled up, <laughs> right? That's a, an amazing statement because mm. it's like, they would see a punishment falling upon them, yeah. Okay, of some description, asteroid, meteor, whatever. Yeah. Okay. And all they would be able to do is to describe it. Yeah. It's <laughs> clouds yeah. piled up. They wouldn't be able to get to the heart of, hold on, well, why is this happening to us? Yeah, yeah. Because the question of why it's happening is actually pertinent to how to get out of the situation or to understand something. Mm. Yeah. 